0: You're, you're, you talk about it in in the in the current tense, uh, and it sounds like you've got some great experiences for your students. You sound, it sounds like uh, the students are, are very much at home in your space. Um, did you come right into the teaching space like that or did you kind of pick up some stuff as you went to arrive at this current place where you're where you're uh, currently existing?
1: Um, I think it's, you know, as I tell my students. Like I said, find people who are better than you at things and you can learn from them. And I think it's just trying to be the best teacher I can. And uh, whether it's, you know, feeling guilty if I don't, right, if I have a weakness or something I want to work on and I don't do anything about it, I feel like I'm letting the kids down. Um, But if I do something about it, I'm proud of myself and ultimately proud of what my kids are accomplishing. So I think the first part of it, um, you know, fixing a problem is admitting there might be one. And I would admit that that was a problem or something that I need to work on and um, something I'm constantly working on. It's not like I'm an expert in or anything, but um, making sure that, you know, for example, today we were talking about New Year's resolutions and um, mine is organization. And I had them look, look at my equipment room and it's a mess. Okay. But I said, okay, what's more important, this equipment room or you? And I have my my lesson plan really well, you know, really planned out and I have these awesome things and these awesome concepts I want to teach my kids, but my equipment room can wait. Okay. Okay. More important. I'm like, for sure. So I'll get to that once I know that I have you, my most important possession, I guess, because I'm in charge of that moment. And then I can go back to my organization, but, um, just, I don't know, see, see, making sure I understand they're the most important thing and I wanna make sure I get myself prepared the best I can. That's why I did the national board certification. I mean, that just, it just um, makes you think of every little detail and that's some, somewhat why I kind of transitioned how I teach because it made me focus on every little detail. Um, but that's once again, surrounding myself with people who have done the national board and who have done these things that um, have helped me along the way. So just seeking out people that can help you, which can ultimately help your kids. So what
0: what I think I'm hearing, I wanna make sure I'm hearing it correctly, uh, is is, uh, thing number one for anybody interested in moving in this direction is identify potential mentors, identify uh, potential resources, human resources uh, that can provide explicit information for you that, that can kind of break down some of the contemporary problems, quote unquote problems that you are experiencing and provide some ideas, some direction toward uh, where
1: to head next. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, for sure. And like Twitter is a good example. I mean, I've never had, I've reached out to so many people about certain topics and how to get better at certain things. And there's never been a time where someone's not replied, right? Like We're all here to help. And, you know, just to, I would just advocate for everyone to put themselves out there and, and ask questions because I wrote a blog on this. I, I said, um, asking questions doesn't make you look dumb it makes you look interested and curious and we talk about being inquirers in our classroom a lot and how the more questions you ask the more knowledge you're going to gain and then you know the more confident you're going to become but it takes you know sometimes fourth fifth graders especially they're afraid to ask questions so we practice asking questions right i think it looks makes them look dumb but then we talk about how they're so much more successful because they took that risk to ask the question because now they know it for the test and can apply further but yeah just putting yourself out there i would say ask those questions
0: that makes all the sense in the world so in addition to twitter any other platforms that 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 you would highlight
1: well so through twitter now we get resources from the people that i connect with right so um for example kenedra and kate i didn't feel that comfortable with my edi knowledge and i connected with them to join a little group that hold together resources and maybe we can link this to the to the, the notes but there are tons of resources on how to um, appropriately apply these EDI concepts within the class, the physical education classroom, and they worked really, really hard. And I'm so proud. I joined that group because I've I've learned so much. So maybe we can link that to the, the notes so people can check it out.
0: That, that absolutely has to happen. We totally agree. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so I I know I know Twitter has those resources. Uh, I know Facebook uh, people look up. Uh, a lot of different groups uh collectively on Facebook um I'm on Instagram but I I, I gotta tell you I've never found other than personal um colleagues of mine friends of mine that that are that are teachers uh I've never found like a group on on Instagram do you know of any
2: I'd like to kind share out one resource which Come has on. really helped me um the Southern Poverty Law Centers education. Um, side is called it's now called um, teaching for justice used to be called teaching um, teaching tolerance no it's learning for justice and they have a whole uh, a whole curriculum they actually have standards they have objectives and benchmarks that actually um, to help teachers implement an anti-bias approach which is is Again, it's what Gloria Ladson-Billings and Django Paris talks about, is that focusing first on the on the identity of your students. Um, and, and Kyle, I really wanna give you huge, I wanna give you your flowers for um, for taking yourself out, being that confident in who you are and taking yourself out of the voice and allowing your students, the new ones, to come in and teach your class something because that now that is what that's that essence of teaching through the lens of your students giving them the power and and adding that flavor of their culture to your classroom i always think of it like a pizza you know we have the standard cheese pizza through that through that westernized view of of teaching i teach we do you do right. which is a very westernized way of of Ooh. teaching but now when I I allow my students to add in the mozzarella cheese and the oregano and peppers and pepperoni and sausage, now I have a much more flavorful pizza that encompasses everyone in your classroom. And I love the fact that you use questions like um, foods. Music is another one. What is your music? That's another thing to do is like have a day where you're, you know, always listen to your kid's music first though. I got caught about that. (laughs) Got them careful. And let me tell you, you know, Public Enemy is great when you're teaching a a jump roping unit, but, you know, even adding that flavor of the music in that you're not always the one picking the music, allowing your students to bring in their music. And Mm -hmm. then you learn more about them and then you can be like, okay, I got you on that. Let me let mm-hmm. me listen, let you listen to a little bit of Nas or let, or Eric B and Rakim or something. You know, you play yours and I'll play mine. Yeah. But that's a great resource too for teachers. Also, Welcoming Schools has lesson plans. Welcoming that Schools t- teachers can integrate into their their lessons as well. Takes a little bit of creativity of how you might take a lesson about differences and inclusion, um, and how would you put that into your PE. But I love the fact too Kyle that you're willing to go outside the box of our kids always being active entire time beginning to end where you take that time to have those critical conversations with your students I don't think we do that enough
0: yeah truly truly the the spirit of physical literacy wouldn't you
1: say so yeah
0: well, additions to that Kyle
1: yeah I also so a lot of good things you said there about um Well, I think it's important to, after an activity to reflect and talk about what just happened, right? So what was your favorite part of the activity? What was most memorable? Why was that most memorable? Okay, so maybe someone let you go first in the group, okay? That is a small little thing, but actually could help the group become successful because now there's no whining about who's first because someone was actually nice enough to say, you know what, you can go first. So you could do rock, paper, scissors, but I always say the nicest kids say, well, you can go first. They know they're going to get a turn eventually, so... Um, I remember <laughs> this is last year and someone we were talking about memories and like how, how tough it is to be the new kid. And someone raised their hand. They're like in kindergarten, Adrian came up to me and said, you want to be my friend. And he still remember that several years later. And we were just like highlighting those small little things that we can do. So, you know, cause we had a new kid today too. And I asked, I usually ask new kids like, okay, who's made you feel really comfortable or who's asked you questions. And they, you know, and they get the biggest smile on their face for helping out and I talk about how raise your hand if you've ever been the new kid on a team and and just understanding that it's tough to be a new kid and put yourself in their shoes and doing whatever you can to notice them to recognize them but that never would have happened if you didn't reflect on it or at least talked about it a, a little bit and to highlight those things right that's that's important to me um I don't I never asked how many points they got I really don't care um I asked, you know, what made it so special? Um, what made it fun? What what was your favorite thing about your partner? I mean, and that's, once you, once they understand that's what's important to you, you'll get a lot accomplished. And now you can see those translate to other activity, other classes too, those skills, whether it's patience, right? We played a, a tag game today that the first level was walking and I was praising this patience. And I said, why is it important to be patient? You know, and you know, when's the time that you didn't feel like you were patient and what happened and all that stuff. And so just- Using those life skills in lessons, but reflecting on them as well, and seeing how they can apply in other classes as well. I think
0: You know it's interesting because we have so many examples of how, we'll just use the example of patients, uh, how something like patients manifests in so many different households across the nation. And one could consider the idea of how patients manifest explicitly uh, culturally independent of whomever, is, is being represented in your classroom. And so on one person's classroom, if they've got seven brothers and sisters and they get called for dinner and the idea that they're gonna go downstairs and be patient largely means that they're gonna miss out on their favorite part of dinner because the rest of their brothers and sisters are scarfing it up. Uh, they're probably gonna come back to your classroom and they're gonna say, Mr. Bragg, uh, you told you to be patient yesterday, but I'm not feeling that because I'm hungry. What What is your, what is your response? What is your reaction to that?
1: Yeah. And sometimes like I say things that they go tell their parents and like, let's say I talk about eating healthy and then their mom's like, thanks a lot, Mr. Bragg. Now my kids are all talking about bananas and celery and we don't buy that. And they're telling me to shop in the perimeter of the store. And, you know, so it, it is funny, but, you know, to that point, understanding that I guess teaching them, you know, situations are different. Right. So, um, that that's a good point. I I I don't really know about how I would respond to that and that's never specifically came to me. What do you think, Sue? How would you respond to that?
2: Well, I love the fact and that's being that's like really that part of that critical consciousness is that you know, culturally we we react to things differently. Um they did actually they did a study um of looking at kids who tattled on other on other kids and the reactions of the teachers to that tattling when it was white kids tattling on white kids teacher told the kids go handle your business just handle it work it out when it was kids tattling on black kids that teacher was corrective with that black student Mm -hmm. and actually had a kid do that one time they blamed something on derek well derek wasn't even in school that day he wasn't even in the classroom they had been so used to targeting derek and who was the only black um, black um, young person in this first grade classroom. So I love that, that you you look at, hey, you know, we all deal with something. How do you deal with anger? And there's times where I've come in and I've been upset and I'm like, man, I really feel angry today. What, what do you do? What does your community do? How does your family handle anger? If you have kids that are screaming and yelling. You know, that's a lot of times, you know, that's what they do at home. And that's how they have to handle it at home. A lot of times kids have to walk away from something um, and don't want to talk about it. And I have to be, I have to be mindful. It's that first I'd be like, no, no, no you got to talk about it. And I realize, no, that kid, that's not what this kid needs right now. They need somebody who's just going to let this kid, you know, feel comfortable in who he is. And always just say, Hey, I'm here for you. If you need to talk, I'm always a resource for you, but I understand that who you are or, through the, through the beliefs and the values that you've been taught. I can't tell you how many times my students have said, we don't talk about our business in public. What happens at home or what happens in our community stays in our home and they bring that to school and it's such a weight for them to carry. And you can just see when they walk into this classroom and I'm like, hey, you know, do you need to talk? No, you know, I'm I'm good. Let me know if you need something. A lot of times they'll take off and they'll go out and walk the field or something. And as long as I can keep an eye on them and I know what they're doing, I, I get it.
0: Yeah, so Sue, so, so it sounds to me like you're you're really expressing uh, a, a caring and interest in an identification of uh, the singular student, the individual student. The the most important thing in any classroom, and and Kyle, I think you alluded to this earlier, um, the most important thing in any classroom is the student. And so as we attenuate our lessons, our curricula to that student and allow them to the best of our ability to internalize our curricula by bringing it home to them, I think more times than not, we're going to be successful. And to your point, Kyle, the, the challenge arises when we're 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 literally in your in your example speaking a different language so so those moments where we identify okay um this student is coming from a home uh that maybe is near a food desert i'm making these great suggestions with regard to a nutritious uh breakfast lunch and dinner and they're actually really challenged by the access in that space. So how can I uh, individualize the instruction for them? This person is coming from a home uh, that that really uh, gets to the heart of um, what does it mean to be a man in that home, right? The, the 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 male figure in that home is like, this is what it means to be a man. And this person comes in with those biases and, and I'm left standing there going, all right, uh, well, that, that sounds like toxic masculinity to me, But uh, let's let's see how I can augment my curriculum so that uh, it kind of brings you along, this idea of bringing folks along. Does does that sound about right to everybody?
2: One thing that I've seen some teachers do and they're amazing is that they, they spend time in the community so they know. Nora Ryan in the Houston Independent School District is great at this. She spends lots and lots of time in her community. And in the school community where the students come from, there aren't and it, they are food deserts. they are not grocery stores in the area. Most of the students are on some type of public assistance. Many of the students are undocumented. And one thing that she's really focused on is providing those resources to her students. So she's partnered with different types of nutritional services to bring in or nutritional groups like whether they're growing um, gardens or you know um, vegetables and fruits, she brings in um, our, the, uh, the, the nutrition department to talk about how do we bring in more, how do we provide more resources to our students? So now that we don't look at them as kids who don't have something, is how do we map them now be kids who do have something?
1: Sue, that's a good point about community and just being aware of what's around you. Um, We do a wonder wall and we ask them questions and they, you know, sometimes they ask me questions, what they want to know more about. So my question one time was, you know, what have we or what would you like to learn more about that we don't necessarily do? And one time they put uh, several people put martial arts and I don't teach that. I really don't know how to teach it, to be honest. But I found a community member or someone in the community that does know and he's like a world champion. So just by researching, I made some calls. He came in for free. He taught every kid some, you know, some respect things that they really bought into. He let every kid break a board, um, those like re reusable boards. And because we listen to our students and and research them out, so community members are willing to help most of the time. All he asks us to do is hand out your his flyers, which I don't care. Um so maybe he'll get some business. But my point is like there are things in the community that we can access that sometimes people just skip over. And say, well, we don't have that. Well, does your community have that? Someone in your community. Another one that we did was, I invited an NBA basketball player on the Phoenix Suns. Wow. And he, I, because I found someone that knew someone in the Phoenix Suns organization, and I reached out. Anyway, you know, does anyone come in and, and talk to the kids about motivational stuff? And we got, a, I mean, it was unbelievable. He That's fantastic. spoke about. He talked about Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, all these kids, LeBron James, all these kids that there are all these athletes that the kids knew and they're like no way you know him and he and talked about how he got to where he was he worked hard in school and like all these things are available to to lots of communities we just got to take the time and and figure out what's what we can do um to to meet the needs to help the kids to motivate the kids and, and sometimes they're they're tired of listening to Mr. Bragg all the time you know i mean hopefully not but they you know to bring someone in in the community that hopefully that's... will do it for free that's pretty cool
0: that that is that is cool the the idea of, of instructor fatigue, I guess, would be would be one example. But what are some other examples that you believe uh, students might be missing out on if we don't engage our community partners like that? Either Kyle or Sue, your thoughts? You know,
2: one thing I was saying, partner off of that, Kyle, um, I found out what, what gifts and, and things, you know, gifts and that my parents had. And with that, have family who moved from Italy. And dad loves rugby came in and ran a two-week rugby unit with my students. Um, And they loved it, especially my middle grade students, Um, my middle, yeah, my middle middle school students. Also, I had a parent who had played, um, she played cricket in India, brought cricket to my students as well. Um, I've also, we were no play. the school I was at, I was the no place for hate coordinator. So I brought in a lot of the resources through the ADL of being a, through our No Place for Hate initiative, and then brought in, I'm a big one about using children's literature. And I love when you talked about, Kyle, um, Just Ask. There, Sonia Soltemeyer has a book, a children's book called Just Ask. If you have a question about a kid, and they have all these different scenarios of children, um, when children has a peanut allergy, and it tells the, the child, tells a story about himself, and You know, what does that, what does the, what does school need to look like for that child with a peanut allergy? So I always, I try to partner with books, but I got that also through the ADL and the Holocaust Museum.
1: Love that. That's cool. Any additions, Kyle? I just think, keep on thinking of um, asking questions. I think they need to be taught how to ask questions and how to ask follow-up questions and and show that you're genuinely interested, in not just what they ask, but how they ask it, what kind of tone of voice they use, um, how they're sitting up, are they slouching, are they even looking at you? I mean, obviously, some some um, some cultures they don't do that. Uh, you don't have to look, and or they, they might even be scared to look. So I think it's yeah, important it to talk that, talk about that too, and 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 understand how different cultures have different um, expectations, but showing a, a genuine interest in what they're asking about and saying. I always say the easiest way to ask a follow-up question is tell me more about that, you know, and then, because everyone feels comfortable about t- talking about things that they're comfortable with. Right. Sure. So if John asked me a question and he said, tell me more about that. Well, I'm already pretty confident in this uh, scenario and he's showing a, a general interest in what I'm saying. And I can give examples, which helps John understand it more, but also almost builds me up and builds my confidence because um, I'm already comfortable doing it. And it just, the more you kind of talk about something, the more opportunities you can have to make connections, I think. Right. So it's kind of like when you say, you know, if I ask John, where are you from? John could say, you know, New Jersey or whatever. Or he'd say, well, you know, I was raised in New Jersey, but, you know, I have ties to Texas. My parents are from here. And then the person listening can reach and grab on to five different things. And they're trying to connect. Right. So giving the the listener an opportunity to connect in multiple ways where, versus if you just said New Jersey, then maybe I don't know anything about New Jersey and now the conversation is done. So spreading your wings and allowing them to attach to anything. um, It's kind of, that's more of like a fourth, fifth grade thing, but I think it's important and adults can do that
0: too. Totally agree. Totally agree. 100%. Sadly, I do believe we are, we are short on time. Uh, This has been an amazing conversation in my opinion. I've learned so much from you, Kyle, learned so much from you, Sue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Any last thoughts before we head out?
1: I would just say, yeah, like I said, appreciate you guys having me on and having both of us on. Um, I would just say, um, try to find out as much as you can about each kid and making sure you're doing whatever you can to make them feel comfortable and making everyone feel included, whether it's teaching them how to help people up, whether it's teaching them how to say, you can join us and then praise that and praise what's most important to you because ultimately I would say 85, 90% of students are gonna meet your expectations, set those high. making sure whatever is important to you, you clarify, you demonstrate, you have them practice within activities. Um, and then they'll ultimately reach those and and uh, you'll be proud that you did. So set clear example, expectations and practice and praise. And and I call it praise the praiser too. So if John's complimenting Sue, we're, we're complimenting John for complimenting Sue, right? right and that just creates that culture that, you, that you'd like to see. So. Right on, cultural creation. I love it. Sue, before we go.
2: I just want to thank you, Kyle, for spending some time with us. Um, I appreciate for you being a risk taker, or is okay. it courageous now in the um, in in the ID world? But I want to I appreciate you for being a risk taker and coming on. I know when I reached out, you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Mm-hmm. These are the things, You know, this is not my area." But I think it very much is, and I and I appreciate your voice in this. You've you've made me think about things. A lot, and some. You've given me some great ideas on things to do when next week when I see my students as a TA. So I appreciate the time that you've set aside. And John, I want to say thank you for being an amazing facilitator throughout this. I appreciate all the the ways that you were able to tie in all the concepts and bring Kyle's experience to life. Kyle, I do have one question though before you leave. If I was a student, if if I was to ask one of your students to describe coach Bragg and the (laughs) PE experience, what would be three words that they, I would hear them say?
1: Um, We talk about focus a lot. It's probably focused. um, Probably fun. um, hmm. Uh Oh, better start with an (laughs) i I'll say focus, fun, and, you know, understanding. I think understanding is a big one. Um, because everyone's different and everyone comes from a different place as we talk about and just understanding what they're going through and then teaching students also how to understand what others are going through. So understanding and everyone's different. So yeah, hopefully they would say that.
0: Sounds like an edifying classroom. Uh, So thank you so much to both
1: of you and
0: uh, folks who are listening. We've got a toolkit put together for you with questions, with resources, and I hope you are able to uh, apply yourselves in this space and make your physical education space uh, one of greater learning, greater literacy, and uh, greater for the
2: future to come. So thanks so much, and uh, we'll be signing off.